0: Hello, hello sacred, sacred beings. beings welcome to sacred sister podcast join us as we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane expanding consciousness and deepening awareness to support you in leading a life full of healing meaning and magic i'm your host Britt lynn energetic cartographer and personal transformation coach I'm your host Hannah Lina, a certified astrologer, rebirth coach, and sorceress. If you're brand new here, welcome, beloved. We are so grateful, so happy to have you here. If you're a seasoned sacred being, welcome back. Thank you so much for your support, for your listenership, and we look forward to seeing you in the show. Let's dive in. Hello beautiful, welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Britt Lynn. It's a personal episode today, but before I jump into the episode, there are a couple pieces that I really want to share. First off, thanks for being here, (laughs) especially if you're brand new to the podcast. Welcome to the fam, sis, brother, sacred being. Number one, I know this is a Monday drop, Usually, we don't drop on Mondays. I recorded this over a week ago in New Mexico. It contains a very exciting announcement. Stay tuned to learn what that is. (laughs) And let's see, what are my other intros? Uh, Okay, so there are a couple days left of the super early bird pricing for SS Success. If you're hearing this and you're like, what's SS Success? Go listen to the last episode, Hannah and I relay a really exciting six-week mastermind that is all about cultivating sacred sisterhood. Now, this is especially for people who are wanting to bring a sense of depth to their current friendships, people who are noticing that they're outgrowing friendships and want to call in resonant sacred sisterhood. We're sharing the key to sacred sisterhood couple days left of super early bird pricing go into the last episode in order to learn about it. You will not see launch publicly, only if you're tuned into our newsletters or right here on Sacred Sister Podcast. The link to purchase is in the description of the last episode. And even though I'm dropping now on a Monday, we still have a drop coming on Thursday. It's a guest episode. We haven't had a guest episode in a minute. And this one is so good on sensuality, on sexuality, reclamation of sexual power, of awakening the feminine, of pleasure, 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 pleasure with Annette Mueller. We hope that you'll tune into that. And without much more, here we go. Let's go. Drop into this super grounded episode that I recorded in New Mexico a week and a half ago. Love you. Bye. Hello, sacred beings, and welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Britt Lynn, and (laughs) it's hard for me to find the words for the magic in today's episode. I'll start, I'll attempt (laughs) by starting to describe where it is that I'm recording this episode right now. I am in my favorite spot in the entire world, literally, of any country, of any place that I've ever traveled in my life. There's no space that I love more than the space that I'm at right now. (laughs) Here come the tears. (laughs) This is going to be such a cool, fun episode. I am so excited to, gosh, announce one of the most exciting things we've ever had on the podcast and open up on the topic that's really on my heart this morning. So I'm sitting here on this newly redone picnic table. We've had this picnic table for so many years and it had gotten pretty crusty and nasty. And I'm really grateful. It looks like my uncle restored it. I am in the front yard of my parents' house in New Mexico. And I'm seated beside this big, beautiful tree. Hey, Uncle Pat, do you know what kind of tree this is? An ash tree mm-hmm. i'll look I'll look up the ash tree and confirm <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So I'm seated next to this big, beautiful ash tree that I remember my parents planting in this yard. It was just a little, tiny, tiny little babe of a tree whenever my parents first bought this house. And this is a one14 acre plot. <laughs> All of you know that ones and fours guide me so deeply. And when my parents passed away and this house was passed into my name, I was paying the property taxes on it for the first time and saw that the tax amount was something like $1,044 for the year and one14 acres of a plot so I was like okay fine mom and dad I will take care of this house (laughs) not even that it was a reluctant piece for me to take responsibility over but um, it just really helped for things to fall into place which is such a massive part of our conversation today really witnessing hardship And challenge that's circulating in our lives and applying a lens that says, you know what? This is happening in my life and I take full ownership of it. I take full responsibility of it. Not for the situation at hand necessarily, not that my parents passed away, but that I am now in a space that life just looks different for me. I don't talk about this that much on the podcast about how radically my life has um, been turned upside down, for lack of a better word, to learn how to reorient myself without my parents here. And I know that I'm not alone in tragedy, in hardship. And that's why today's episode is on harnessing responsibility over our challenge. Because I've been thinking about this so much in the last couple weeks. I'm going to share a little bit about where my journey has had me, A lot of really exciting things going on and how those exciting things have actually incited a lot of really deep pain and that that pain is a part of the process that ultimately is a part of my life's work it's a part of my soul contracts it's a part of what I signed up for here in this lifetime I'm a life path eight Eight is the number of power and transformation and really, 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 really deep soul work. Right? We think of the eighth house ruled by Scorpio. What's Scorpio all about? (laughs) Scorpio is all about death. Cycles of death. Transformation. My north node is in the house of... Scorpio in the eighth house at zero degrees right between Sagittarius and or not Sagittarius but right between Aquarius and Pisces and um, yeah okay so here we are I literally opened my eyes at 5 a.m. mountain time which is 8 or 4 a.m. Pacific time And literally the moment I opened my eyes, I saw myself sitting right here recording this episode. It's 50 degrees outside. I am in love with this weather. (laughs) I have my sweater on. I'm all comfy cozy. I wanted to tell y'all about my new favorite drink. No, this is not sponsored, but if you're having to stay away from caffeine right now, like me um it's this i think the brand is called ticino t-e-e-c-c-i-n-o and it's a roasted herbal tea blend i have the vanilla nut flavor it's my favorite i just put a little bit of honey and this morning i put a little bit of oat milk and oh my gosh y'all it is a caffeine free like the tastiest it kind of tastes like coffee but without any of the acidity whatsoever it is the best drink i've ever stumbled upon (laughs) so i'm just gonna light my palisanto here really set the space Mm. set the intention for this episode thank you so much for joining us today And as I hold this Palo Santo here, I'm actually going to extend an invitation to each and every one of you listening right now to set intention with me, whether it's for your day, for the rest of your day, for this season that you're in in your life. If you're walking through challenge right now, which God knows all of us are, (laughs) this Palo Santo stick is here lit right in front of me. A big blooming fire, big blooming flame. it right over the microphone right now let's just take a couple really deep breaths together inhaling and exhale sigh it out let it go two more times just like that inhale try to make this the biggest breath of the whole month (laughs) (sighs) beautiful I wish I wish y'all could be sitting right here with me in my parents front yard In this brisk weather New Mexico like this area of New Mexico specifically has gotten gosh so many inches of rain this week the clouds are just covering the entire sky I'm gonna be sipping my tea throughout I'll try to make it not too noisy and I'm actually gonna seat myself right up on this table love sitting up here because my neighbor right across the street my dad and him went to school together to elementary school together that's one of the benefits of having parents who (laughs) live in villages as their hometowns in rural areas and my neighbor has horses and I believe the cattle are going to start coming onto the field here in a little bit. I see some of the horses just waking up. It blesses me so much to be in this space, recording this episode today, because I have a very exciting announcement. (laughs) I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. (laughs) And I have not announce this on social media at all I have no idea when I'm going to um but yes I am nearing my 10th week of pregnancy and this means that we will likely be having a little Taurus babe little Taurus baby (laughs) actually you know what's so fun and cool is that no one knows yet I haven't even part of what I'm doing out here in New Mexico right now is telling my family that I'm pregnant and um, Curtis my husband is coming to join me on Sunday he works weekends so right now is Friday he'll join me on Sunday and Ah, it's just so, it's so exciting. Um, And I want, this is like a part of the conversation that I want to have with y'all today because it's been a massive initiation process into a lot of hardship, challenge, grief. Um, So this is actually my third time being pregnant this year. And I feel like this is something that doesn't get talked about that much either. But as a womb holding woman, I love deepening this dialogue and just really like normalizing conversations about miscarriage and pregnancies that don't come to fruition and how prevalent they are and how normal they are. And how you are so not alone if you have had miscarriages, if you are having a miscarriage currently. I feel like there is this huge taboo about women having miscarriages and them not being able to have children or struggling with infertility or... um, you know for one reason or another not being able to bring these creations to form and it's so important for me it's so on my heart to really just hold space for anyone who's struggled with this before and share a little part of my process and what's really gotten me through these these pieces of hardship and just share a little bit of insight in this realm and, and even more so really like hold as a guiding light for ourselves. The fact that just because we haven't brought a creation, a pregnant creation to form just yet doesn't mean that it can't happen. I am so proud to say that I have helped two women conceive, (laughs) one who was um, struggling with infertility, and she had had many, um, I don't know how many miscarriages, but she actually accredited Sidestepping Social, my week-long, monthly, intentional, guided social media detox. She accredited Sidestepping Social to... One of the pieces that really, really helped her, like, calm down, trust her body, sink into herself, reclaim her fertility, reclaim and step into her feminine nature, and another is one of my one-on-one clients who got turned on to my one-on-one The Wild Within program through Sidestepping Social, and... (laughs) she is such a sweetheart we're actually on day four of or no day five of sidestepping social right now round 10 and um yeah she came to me one session just as a brief backstory and she was like I want to talk about sex magic today (laughs) and I was like okay let's fucking talk about sex magic today (laughs) And she was, you know, just asking a lot of questions. What is this practice rooted in? How can I really attune myself to this magic, to this frequency, to this ability that I innately have because I'm a womb holder? And we really dove in we really dove in. And that's also to clarify, not to say that womb holders don't hold the ability to access sex magic. All of us do. All of us do with conscious intentionality. And we created a sigil for her that day, a sigil, a a magical symbol for her to really meditate on and Um, bring awareness to and bring to the forefront of her mind in the moments that she's experiencing really rich pleasure in sexual practice and to send energy to the symbol and the symbol holds intention within itself, a goal, an affirmation, a manifestation that wants to be brought to form and, um, and that week she got pregnant. <laughs> she started working with the sigil and she got pregnant. We're just a couple weeks apart. And um it's just so it's so fucking cool. It is so fucking magical when we really take responsibility over the power that we have. When we really claim our power when we claim our power when we don't make ourselves victim of circumstance and we see every challenge as an opportunity to dive deeper into this human experience and this human existence to really challenge whatever hardship and, and, and harrowing path that we're walking with, with the guiding light of a question and curiosity that says, what can I do to make myself more aware in this realm, to, to challenge the status quo? It doesn't matter if you're the only one in a crowd that says that you have a chance. Guess what? That, what is the verse? It's a Bible verse. Mm, um, Faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed can move mountains. Really think about that. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's barely bigger than the the head of a needle, the head of a pin. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. It only takes a little bit of faith and a lot of curiosity, faith that something else is possible. Even if you can't see it yet, that's what faith is. It's believing before you see it. <laughs> and asking to be guided in that direction. And just by doing that, the people will come, the workshops will come, the insight will come, the wisdom will come, the dreams will come, the books will come, the direction, the guidance will come. It is the anti antithesis, antithesis, antithesis of the way that modern man walks this earth. We don't hold a ton of space for faith and belief and trust, but this is the Neptunian force. This is the spiritual force. This is the feminine way. (laughs) This is the feminine way. that is why we are such remarkable beings you know this this time of being um, so active in my womb space the last weeks has just had me pontificating so much in the realm of creation and creativity you know a lot of people that are very rooted in religious philosophy how hold a benchmark that new agers or that modern man sin sinners are in the wrong in the way that they believe that they are creators we say all the time we are creators of our own reality and they they mention you know we're this is actually a comment that we got on one of our sacred sister podcast posts recently she was saying you're flawed in your thinking you are not a creator You are creative. And I was like, wow, that's so fascinating for a woman to tell someone. (laughs) How are we solely creative beings, meaning we can apply our creativity to something that already exists, to something that already has form? Really, we are creators at the very, very like fundamentals of our existence. What do you call it? Whenever an egg exists as its own, sperm exists on its own, these two beings merge, and not every time, but in a select, mysterious process, unbeknownst to us, that sperm is granted access into that egg, and so a process begins. And so the splitting of the cells begins. And so the implantation to the uterine wall begins. And so the four chambers of the heart are birthed. And so the liver, kidneys, organs are formed. And so the fingernails begin to manifest. And so the date sized babe is now a grape sized babe. or the other way around, probably it would be a grape first and then a date because a date is usually bigger than a grape. (laughs) It is so interesting to just really think about. So let's go back to the pregnancy piece. So in January, I had a miscarriage and that was my second one. I had my first miscarriage in September of 2019. It was the day after my nephew's birthday, September 25th. I had my first miscarriage and I even want to share a bit of the graphic nature of this because we are so used to having to go to doctors to be told like everything and anything and nothing is viable until a doctor says so and this is a part of the disempowering nature of the modern world in my opinion i've gone through a lot of medical mishaps <laughs> a lot seen a lot of medical errors made and this is why i stand on this statement so hard and so fierce because these people are still just people yes they're incredibly knowledgeable yes they're incredibly aware yes they know a lot more than i do a lot of the time but also They have error sometimes, (laughs) and I don't need someone else, usually a man, to tell me something about something that I can actually discover and investigate for my own fucking self. And I want to extend that piece of radical power, reclamation of our power and responsibility to each and every one of us listening to this right now. It's okay to do your own independent research, It's okay to come to your own conclusions about something without needing to ask somebody else. Hey, daddy, is this right? Daddy, did I get an A on my homework? You have your own mind. You are capable of thinking of coming to your own conclusions and of, there might be some people listening that are like, this is so dangerous. This is dangerous rhetoric. People can't think for themselves, but it's like challenge that narrative. I dare you. I dare you. And I'll, I'll tell a little bit more about why I, I feel this way about uh, this topic. <laughs> so I've been using a diva cup, which is a menstrual cup, uh, for since 2017 when I came off birth control. And that's like five years now. And there is nothing like taking your cup out, draining the blood, And seeing a little ball in the liquid as you roll it out. And actually it was interesting this particular um, cycle because, or this miscarriage rather, that um, a lot of the blood was actually kind of congealed. Meaning it was all kind of clumped together. And it wasn't as just like liquidy as usually it is on a day one harvest. And... I, I looked at it really close. It like rolled out of the cup. <clears throat> and I was like, what is this? This doesn't... I even touched it. I was like, what is this? And I'm looking at it more and more. And it's like a straight up circular little spherical blob. And it has a little tail on it too. And the tail, it is my assumption is the little piece that would have implanted into my uterine wall so for those of you listening who haven't really thought about this anatomically just yet so an egg comes out of the ovary in order to get implanted and or fertilized rather and if it gets fertilized It comes down the fallopian tubes, down the hallway of fallopian tube, and then it comes up into the uterus and implants itself into the uterine wall. That's a healthy pregnancy. If it doesn't get fertilized, it gets absorbed back into the body, the egg. And then we'll talk about some other things because I've experienced some other things, and we'll talk about them in a minute. So y'all might think this is crazy. I actually took one of my straight razors and cut into the little ball, endlessly curious Gemini over here. Okay. Um, Yeah. And I, I, I discovered that it was in fact a miscarriage that I had had. It was very, very early. There was nothing inside of the little sphere but, you know, I called Curtis over and I told him, like, wow, look at this. I think I had a miscarriage. And I went through a very emotional process that day. And I buried our little baby in, well, a little cluster of cells. Little, little fetus. Little would-be baby. I buried in the backyard that day. And held a little, little ceremony that was in 2019 and then in 2020 I had another miscarriage in January kind of a similar thing happened and I just made a piece of moon blood art with the blood and I remember running like dragging my fingers over the page and I was just kind of like messy like putting it putting it on the page and I wrote out in blood, it's not your time yet, and that's okay. It's not your time yet, and that's okay. So there's this really beautiful part of the death cycle process of acceptance that instead of, here's how I look at miscarriage. And here's what, how I feel like I, my beliefs differentiate from people that really, really struggle with miscarriage. So in my mind, an early on miscarriage doesn't have a soul incarnated into it just yet. And even if it does, even if it does, even if a little soul is already coming down into the cells and it's already hanging out in my womb and something happens physically and the pregnancy doesn't make it. What happens to that little soul? Do they die forever? Am I never able to see them again? Maybe in that body, maybe in that embodiment that they would have come through with, but I don't believe that that's the truth. I believe they go right back up to where they came from and they're able to come down the next time. Or maybe they're like, you know what? That actually wasn't the incarnation for me. I realized and then they switch out with somebody else. <laughs> and somebody else is actually meant to come down to you. This is another part of the trust process of really allowing the truth of the matter, which is the fact that this pregnancy isn't going to come to form, and trusting that it's for the best, that it's for the highest and best. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. No regrets And that, for me, has alleviated so much of the grief process around miscarriage, which I believe not harnessing and harboring a ton of that grief has been a part of my healing process that has contributed to this healthy pregnancy that I have now. Because when we allow ourselves to, to hang out in a really deep grief process over something that we don't have control over we can move through that suffering experience and it's important to to really feel it but it's also important to to seek support if we need to you know and to not let that occurrence um damn damn us to not let that occurrence damn us and like extend a lot of negative future timelines, negative future timelines in, in that we are so filled with grief or stress or, um, tension inside of ourselves from lack of acceptance that we then have issues producing, excuse me, producing in the future, you know? So that was in January and then come March, come April I got pregnant again and y'all probably know about this one more because I was very public about it and we'll go back to the anatomical happenings so when the egg comes out and it's fertilized and it starts coming down the fallopian tube pipeline in route to the uterus and it it doesn't make it, doesn't make it to the uterus, that's called an ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic pregnancy is when the embryo or the fertilized egg stops in the fallopian tube, and it kind of sets up shop right there in the fallopian tube. So that is not a viable pregnancy and actually will kill the host, the mother, because As the embryo grows, the fallopian tube balloons up and ruptures eventually because it's like how much can a little balloon, a little stringy, you know, like those little long balloons. That is exactly what the fallopian tubes look like, at least mine. Because I saw pictures from my surgery post-op and in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks nothing like those neat little diagrams that so many of us see when we go to our OB, when we go to get our pap smears, you know, we see the diagram, we see the ovaries and those nice little sweet slide looking tubes down to the uterus. And they just don't look like that (laughs) in real life. Maybe some people's do. Mine did not. I was told by, um, my surgeon that you know that is what the fallopian tubes look like it's a very routine surgery he sees these all the time and yeah it's it was another part of the process that it just wasn't something that was meant to be and i will say the birth of that child the fruition of that pregnancy wasn't meant to be. I was very much meant to go through this hospital experience because as a result of that, I stand more vigilant with myself than ever, as a more strong advocate for myself in medical situations and circumstance than ever. I am currently in dispute with the hospital because <laughs> they charged me for so many things that I didn't receive, and generally they don't have to deal with this when people just send their you know insurance all the information and insurance takes care of everything like yeah i am a force in a hospital i'm a force to be reckoned with <laughs> truly um and i do believe that i was meant to go through that experience because experiencing so much in the realm of claiming and reclaiming my personal power and breaking ancestral wounds and yeah, Breaking ancestral wounds that happen in the medical space, the way that so many just trust so blindly those in the Western medical system, their doctors, their medical team, their specialists, that is a cycle for me to break in this lifetime. Because I've witnessed error that can come from that, and sometimes life-staking error. You know, all this stems back to what I witnessed with my mom going through seven to 10 years of her own misdiagnosis, misprescriptions. Her primary care doctor actually got his practice shut down for malpractice. Um, You know, these kinds of things happen (laughs) all the time. And it's really, really important that the conversation be brought to the table, which is exactly what I'm doing here. In order to stir more awareness in the hearts and minds of everyone and anyone, whether you're a child of someone who's in the Western medical system, whether you have a sick parent, whether you yourself have gone through the loss of a parent or someone close to you as a result of a medical error, or have experienced medical errors yourself, whether you, just like, all of these pieces, I feel like they are conversations to be had and I see them happening next to nowhere. And it is so important for me to share my truth, for me to share what I've experienced firsthand and what I've learned as a result of that, how it's empowered me to be a bigger monolith figure in my own life and to trust myself more deeply, to ask deeper questions when I have curiosity and to really stand by and stake my claim no matter where I am. That means in the face of a surgeon, in the face of a doctor, in the face of a medical team that wants to make a decision that I really want to just hold ground and presence and patience with while I ask my questions, I will not be rushed. I will not be forced. (sighs) And I want that for each and every one of you as well. Our health and our lives and the quality of our lives is nothing to mess around with. I've witnessed firsthand the closest person to me have their life kind of snuffed out from under them. I will never forget the look on my mom's face as she began deteriorating in her chemotherapy stem cell transplant um, treatment in the Cancer Institute and looking at my aunt and I and saying, why didn't anyone warn me that it was going to be like this or that it could be like this? That's a different topic completely, but for so many of us who deal with cancer and cancer treatment, it's more about the positive outcome of being healed of cancer, then I believe a lot of times families are actually informed of the potentials of how these treatments could affect them. And witnessing someone deteriorate via cancer treatment is one of the most horrific things that I don't wish on anyone. So let's continue on. I'm back in Las Vegas now, it's a week and a half later, and this episode is coming out today, so I'm finishing up this episode. Um, Okay, so so there's one more time that we're going to come back to the anatomic happenings, and that is when the egg, the follicle, comes out to be fertilized out of the ovary and doesn't get fertilized. And then instead of popping and being absorbed back into the body, it actually can either start popping and come back together, or just not pop at all and stay together as a little egg. And then it starts filling with fluid. And then it is considered an ovarian cyst. And I have an ovarian cyst on my right side right now that's being monitored, and it's so interesting. <laughs> now that we have this pregnant this pregnancy, this healthy pregnancy, we have this cyst. <laughs> and my husband just keeps telling me, "Man, why can't anything be easy in our lives?" Like literally since 2018, since my mom started talking about going in for cancer treatment, it's like mom died, dad died, dog died, miscarriage one, miscarriage two, ectopic pregnancy, and now we have a healthy pregnancy with a cyst. And there are some serious complications that can happen with that. There's something called contortion, where the cyst can get so big on the ovary that it kind of flips, and it causes the ovary to flip as well, which could cause forever infertility forever damaged to that right ovary because think about this I don't have my left fallopian tube anymore because the ectopic when they removed the baby from that side my fallopian tube was ruptured so I don't have a left fallopian tube so my right ovary and my right fallopian tube are my my golden threads <laughs> so the contortion could happen a rupture of the cyst could happen, which my aunt experienced an ovarian cyst rupture and passed out for 12 hours, hit her head. Frickin' it was a big traumatic thing and she didn't know what happened or, you know, she it was a really big medical ordeal. She was like bleeding from her head because she passed out and hit her head really hard. Um... Or it could just reabsorb back into my body, best case scenario. That's what we're praying for. And I'm taking some Chinese herbs in order to resolve the cyst as well, to lessen the the growth and for it to be reabsorbed. But I, I really wanted to share all these stories with you today because, again, these are just pieces that I feel there are not that many places to really hear these types of experiences from someone firsthand unless you have a sister unless you have a mother unless you have a grandmother an aunt a friend who's experienced these things and for heaven's sakes i <laughs> i feel that god has blessed me that my 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 soul came into this incarnation in order to have such an extreme story in order for me to share the stories. In order for me to be a beacon that says, yeah, I've experienced this and, and, and I didn't let it take me over. I didn't let it callous my heart. I allowed it to, to help me to lean more deeply into surrender. To lean more deeply into faith. To trust to love, to responsibility to my own life, literally my ability to respond to the experiences that meet me at my doorstep. I allow my life to help me become a stronger, more radiant being. And as a result of that, I've witnessed my life become something beyond anything that I could ever imagine for myself just a couple years ago. I have experienced some of the deepest heartaches, tragedy, and pain. And now I'm experiencing the equal and opposite of that. I'm not here to live a sedentary life. I'm not here to lead a life of monotony, of sameness, of boredom. I'm here to press edges, to expand boundaries to reclaim my space, to reclaim my power, and to see just how fucking big and magical this life can get. (laughs) Because my goodness, it's getting there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So here we are. If you are a being that resonates with the power of prayer... I am open to receive any and all of your prayer. And actually, we had a friend over last night, Connor, and we were having dinner with him. And I prayed over our food at the beginning. And Hannah and I feel very strongly about this. There's going to be a portion of SS success on the power of prayer, and really leaning into prayer and especially normalizing non-religious prayer. That's the conversation that Hannah and I have been having a lot lately. And it's just so, it's such a reclamation of power to really hold a container of prayer for our trust, our faith, our seeds of desire, our seeds of intention, to pour our hearts out in, in the challenge that we're walking to, to ask for love and strength and surrender, there's just nothing more beautiful than the, the pillar of prayer to stand on in such trying times. So wow, here I am at the end of this episode. What a power-packed, vulnerable... It's like value-packed episode. I feel like this could have been like <laughs> an entire workshop of of uh, of information. Don't let anything get you down, my love. Allow yourself space to really feel it, and know that as you allow yourself to feel the challenge that's coming up for you and the bigness of it, that's a healing act. A healing moment if you regard it as such. I love you so much. Also, thank you so much for all of you sharing these episodes and telling other people about Sacred Sister podcast. This week we are experiencing a massive surge in listenership and we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Recently I announced that we had passed 50,000 downloads and it's just so fun it's so fun to see how many years sacred sister podcast reaches so thank you thank you for sharing your resonance in sharing our episodes in sharing our reels our social media content we recently had a virtual assistant and social media manager start our pinterest And we're starting our YouTube channel here soon, where you're going to be able to see the video interviews of all of our episodes, so definitely stay tuned. And you can actually go on to Sacred Sister Podcast on YouTube right now and just subscribe so that you're one of the first notified whenever the videos do start getting uploaded. Oh my goodness, okay, without much more, my love... I hope this has provided you some really beautiful trust juice. (laughs) I hope it's provided some information. I hope that you enjoy hearing these stories. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Love you. Mm, Thank you so much for listening to this episode today, beloved. If it resonated with you, we ask you to please share it with your sacred sisters, brothers, and beings alike. You have no idea the impact a simple share can make in someone's day, life, and growth. And another way to show your love and support is by leaving us a rating or review on the app you're tuning into this from. And if you hang out on Instagram and your feed is in need of more uplifting and conscious spiritual content, follow us at Sacred Sister Podcast. So with that being said, we hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you in the next episode. Namaste, beloved. Bye.